many of us in this world find ourselves searching for ways to feel more alive. We move through our lives day after day, living through the same repetitive cycles and the same stressful patterns that often leave us feeling defeated, underappreciated, or unfulfilled. But what if there were a different way to perceive life? What if out there we were able to find the keys to a happy, healthy, and fulfilling reality in the lives that we're living right here, right now? For those of us who are looking for a way to transform our lives, for those of us who are looking to fully live in this moment, to change how we feel, how we perceive the world, and awaken to a better reality so we can fully live this life. This is the Live This Life Podcast. And I'm your host, Heath Cummings. I'm here to inspire you to ask yourself the question, are you living or are you killing time? In today's episode of Finding Life, I have the amazing Laura Christine of the Boundless Soul podcast on the show. Laura Christine is an amazing soul with such an inspiring story to tell, and you'll see why the journey that she has been on was so inspiring to me and why I had to feature her on the podcast. She is the founder of Being Boundless, a organization that focuses on helping people break limitations no matter who they are or where they are in their lives. And just a few weeks ago before this episode aired, Uh, I was a guest on her show and had a great conversation with her, and this was just a continuation of that. And it's crazy because the the way that number synchronicities happen to me, if you're not familiar with those, synchronicities are just coincidences or something random that shows up with numbers, and it happens to a lot of people who are on a path of self-discovery. My lucky number that recurs all the time for me is number 53. And while her episode... We'll talk about her, her knowledge in numerology and everything, but this is so significant because her episode was supposed to be number 57, 58, something like that, and a few scheduling changes changed all that, and here it is at number 53, so I thought that was a great synchronicity. So stick around and check out Laura's story and a dive into her experiences, into some spiritual concepts and numerology, and she actually gives me a bit of a reading of numerology, which I've never experienced before, and it was very shockingly accurate, so... Pretty cool to include that in this conversation. So, Laura, Christine, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Heath. It's really, really an honor and a pleasure to be on the other side of the hosting scene here. Yeah, we've been circling around each other for a bit. Like we tried when I know you went on a little bit of a hiatus with your previous podcast. Um, What was the name? I think you had two different names along the way. Yeah, it was called Light of Conscience, I think, when I reached out to you. And that was like a year ago. Yes. I mean, it's been a while, so I'm so happy to be here. I'm happy too. It all works out in the end. I was wondering when we were going to be able to cross paths, but now we've done it and it's been twice now in a matter of a couple of weeks. So it's going to be a great conversation. The one on your show was awesome. I mean, I had a great, a great conversation with you. I'm excited to hear it. Um, Me too. (laughs) And I'm excited to hear awesome guest. I'm excited to hear some of the stuff that you're about to to dive into as well. Um, But yeah, I'd like to ask a very, very uh, predictable question with a usual unpredictable answer that uh, usually just comes out spontaneously from people. And um, what I like to ask is, what does it mean to live your best life according to Laura Christine? You know, I love that you said it's an unpredictable answer that usually pops up in the moment because truly I thought about this. I knew you were going to ask it and I had an answer, but then this morning happened and I realized that really living my best life is being able to be okay. Like just be 
calm, collected, in the moment, present, and accepting of whatever arises. So basically what happened is my husband's iPhone stopped working. And that's just not an okay thing, right? <laughs> like we need our phones. And so this morning, rather than doing my usual wake up early, do my practice, get nice and centered and ready for the interview today, I worked on helping him figure out how to get a new phone. <laughs> so I was on the phone with an Apple representative for, you know, a while. And that's, that's how I started my day. But really to just be okay with that and not beat myself up when things don't go the way I want them to, that is truly living my best life. And that goes every day. I mean, that's something that you have to do every single day. And when you do, that's what ends up getting you there. It's not just the big things that fall through, like some news I just shared with you that, um, you know, it's something that could have could have definitely derailed my day. And it's just 2020 has been one of those lessons of come what may, let it come, let it go. And usually it's all for some higher purpose. You'll just find out what it is later on, whether it's a phone or something else. <laughs> exactly. And when we can keep that mindset, life, you know, life is just better. We feel better. Absolutely. So why don't we dive in a little bit into what your boundless journey has been like? I know that you've had a been an, had an excellent ride so far. Um, you know, it's been its ups and its downs, but that's what makes life enjoyable. But why don't you share with us a little bit about Laura Christine and her journey? Yeah, it's, you know, I could take this whole podcast to tell the story and I won't do that. But I, I'll just start with my background as growing up in the there's a rooster. There they are. Growing, up, <laughs> growing up in the Midwest where it's just like life is done this way and that's the way. And I didn't even realize that there were other options than the one that I took. You know, the road that I took was go to college, get a degree. Doesn't matter what degree you have, just get a degree so you can get a job, so you can have medical insurance and you can, you know, have the house and all the things. And so I went to school, I went to college and in college I was like, well, okay, so I can get any degree as long as I get a degree. So I ended up doing what I loved, which was art and Spanish. But when it came down to it, after I had that degree, <laughs> I stood, I stayed on that path of like, well, I, I could get whatever degree I wanted, but it was still just so I could get a specific type of job, you know, your typical corporate eight to five job. And so I did and got depressed and had anxiety. And it just was not, I couldn't, I couldn't do it. A lot of my friends have climbed the corporate ladder. I couldn't do it. I couldn't even get up to the second rung. I just, within two years, I had quit that first job and started to try to create a business on my own teaching yoga. And, you know, it was cool but a lot of learning happened and I discovered more and more and more of who I was through my yoga teaching, you know, my yoga teaching and my teacher trainings. I went to Kundalini yoga teacher training, which was, I mean, it just was total next level. I bet. A, a lot of next levels actually. And at that time during the training that my husband at the time and I realized that we just weren't <laughs> right for each other. So yeah, I changed a lot. And so I don't put any blame on anything. But when I, you know, looking back, it's like, well, yeah, I changed a ton. So I can totally understand why that didn't, you know, 
we didn't continue on that relationship, Mm -hmm. but we got divorced and I decided that I was going to go to the West coast. I had wanted to go to the West coast for a while. And the story about that's kind of cool too, but I had heard about it from somebody in my first yoga teacher training, this little town called Ashland. So once I got divorced, I literally threw away my yearbooks. I mean, I got rid of my last, my life. I just was like, I'm starting over. So I don't have my high school yearbooks anymore. I don't have any photos. Like, you know, I have a ton on my phone, but I don't have any of those photos that you actually had to print out. (laughs) They're, they're gone. I just, I left it all behind and I said, okay, who am I? And I drove out to Oregon and I started over. I didn't have a job when I got there. I had a place to live. I didn't have any connections. I just went and I was like, okay, universe, what, what's going to, what's it going to be? And I worked through a lot. I think you wanted to get to how I got to Hawaii. So I'm going to fast forward really quick. <laughs> Before you do, I mean, what was it that, you know, when you got into the college life, I mean, you, you, you have that typical start that so many of us have, like, go pick a path, stick to your path. You stick with it for 40 years and that's what you're supposed to do. And don't deviate from that because that's what everybody's done before you. And this is what you're supposed to do, Laura, Christine. But like when you got, when you started to go on that, what do you think caused the discord when you finally got into that realm? Was it a job that was not a match or did something just kind of like spark? I love that question. (laughs) I can't remember ever really feeling like I was doing the right thing for me my whole life. I hated school. I hated everything. I mean, I didn't, but I pretended, you know, I I pretended so well that I even thought that I was okay doing everything that I was doing, but that's a super good question. And I would say that, yes, part of it was that job, that first job out of college. I was a staffing specialist, which means I had to work with companies to try to find them usually, and I don't like this word, but the, the phrase they use is like unskilled labor. And it, it kind of broke my heart when one day I had to go to the ones, we had one account where they hired Spanish speakers. So I was in charge of that account. And I had to go there and tell a lot of the employees that the workload was too low. So they needed to be laid off, which as a 20, I think I was 24, 25. You don't want to tell, I mean, you never want to tell somebody they're laid off and they don't have their job anymore. (laughs) But I was this sensitive, compassionate 25 year old. I couldn't do that. But the thing of it is, is after I told the first person that unfortunately there's not enough work and we have to lay you off, the manager turned to me and said, okay, now tell them if they want to get their job back, they have to work overtime today. And it just, it was like stick a knife in my heart and turn it. Why don't you? Because it's like, if you have overtime today, why are you laying them off and then telling them, but they still have to work more today. Oh, it just hurt so bad. And that was actually, that was actually the first day of my, first yoga teacher training. So I had to show up there late. When I did finally get there in a blizzard, I lived in Minnesota at the time. So in a blizzard, I drove over there. When I finally got there, I walked into the space and everybody was quiet because they were supposed to be eating dinner in silence. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But luckily one person went into the house and got the yoga teacher and she came in And she threw her arms around me and said, welcome and kissed my cheek. And 
I felt for the first time in my life, like I was home. Mm. So that was huge. What a story of polarity though. Like what, what a, what a story of like going from one polarity to another in one day, you know, like it had, it had to be that day where you had the stark realization of what you didn't want to do. And it led to a road of something else that you really found out you wanted to do. Yes, absolutely. We can yeah, only hope next. that every day is like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a pretty crazy day. Um, <laughs> but by the next weekend, so we did that teacher training was one weekend per month. And by the next month's weekend, I had put in my notice at my job. So, yeah. That's great. So fast forward to Oregon and then what goes beyond that? Mm, Oregon. I love Oregon. I love the state and I just love, I just love it. Love the whole Pacific Northwest. It's so gorgeous out there. Oh, it is amazing. I love the whole West Coast, even down to LA. I've been to LA and I'm like, I like it here too. But what happened in Oregon was that I, well, again, I was married before, so that was for seven years. And so I was single and I was really into my self-exploration and Ashland is a very, I went to Ashland, Oregon, and it's a very safe space for that because so many people are looking for themselves, finding themselves, doing healing, doing the inner work, teaching, all of the things. And I was able to just be what I wanted to be without any judgments, you know, without, or, or I should say without any fear of any judgments, you know, because nobody that I knew was there. Right. So I could just be whoever I wanted to be. I was able to really discover more and more about myself. And one of the pivotal moments in Ashland, there were a lot, but one of them was, as I mentioned, I went to school and got an art degree and I painted I brought all of my oil painting things with me because I thought I would reawaken that part of myself and start painting again. But what actually happened was since it's so much energy to start a painting and get it all prepped and it's just so much energy, I actually ended up donating all of my art supplies to the local art studio. And I said, okay, universe, what's the next phase in my creative expression? I literally said that. And within I don't know if it was the next day, the timeline gets a little bit foggy, but definitely within a week I had written my first song. So I actually started, you know, writing music and singing. So, yeah. When did the big move go out to the Island? How old were you when when that happened? (laughs) Oh, how old was I? Yeah, I think I was 31, 32, maybe. Um, What happened was I was loving my life in Ashland. I want, I really want to drill this, point too, because I loved my life. I thought I just had the best life, but things started happening. So I worked at a massage. uh, Actually, it was like a, it was a really cool Japanese bath kind of a thing. And I was a massage therapist there. And I also did massage at home. So I did both. And then things started happening where I wasn't getting the clients anymore. For some reason, it just wasn't working. I realized one day that Either I had to really dig down deep and figure out this business of mine in Ashland, or it was time to go. And the second I had that thought, this rush came over me of, oh my gosh, Ashland's done with me. That's what's happening. And I knew that that could happen because the friend that told me about Ashland was like, people go there, they learn what they need to learn, and then they leave. That's kind of just how Ashland is. And 
So with that realization, I just kind of started looking at, okay, where do I want to go? And I had actually been to the Big Island earlier that year. It was 2014. I'd been to the Big Island in, in May and I loved it. And I, when I was there, I was like, I'm, this is where I'm supposed to be. It was just more than a feeling, you know? Right. You so just then later it, when you got there. Yeah. It was, it felt again, like home more, even more so. And I thought, okay, well, okay. But I went back to Ashland, you know, I loved my life. Like I said, it was, I was living my best life, but there was a say, there's a saying about something, how you have to take the risk of leaving your best life in order to live your best life ever. Mm. And I was at a point where if I know something in my bones, like I did, and I was able to get really clear and follow my intuition so well, because my practice of Kundalini yoga really is the number one thing that did it for me. And then also just listening and doing what I wanted to do. (laughs) Like how lucky am I, you know, that I was able to, I don't really like to use lucky. I mean, I followed my soul over to Ashland where I dug in even deeper so I could really be clear on what is right for me. And so I started to kind of put the pieces together and I knew I wanted to continue with massage or at least have that as a backup. So I figured out, you know, when can I take the test? When can I apply? This is crazy. I was able to get all of the paperwork in just at the deadline. And then I remember, and before this episode started, you and I were talking and you talked about some numbers. I put my parents' address on all of the correspondence to Hawaii because I didn't know where I would be. My dad called me a few days before I left Ashland and I looked at the clock on my phone and it was 808, which is the area code for all of Hawaii. And I knew I go, they accepted my like application for licensure. I mean, I still had to come and take the test. And I answered the phone and my dad said, you have some mail from Hawaii. And that's what it was. And it was just like, oh, (laughs) getting shivers. (laughs) So things like that started to happen. A really interesting thing is when I was buying my ticket, I figured I was going to be moving to the Big Island, but nothing, no part of me was able to even get a ticket to Kona or Hilo, which are the two main, those are the airports on the Big Island. I had, it was like, no, you're going to Honolulu. You're going to Oahu, just go. And I was like, I don't get it. But it didn't matter if I didn't get it or not, because what I felt was right and true for me. So I went with it. And I'm still on that island. It's my favorite island. I love this island. It's amazing. Good for you. I like. I'm so. I listen to the story, and I've heard you tell little bits and pieces of it before. But I'm just like, ah, oh. I would like number one just to love to be in Hawaii. I've never been there yet. I mean, I've been to the West Coast, but I haven't ventured beyond. But um, yeah, to, to live a life out there. But that be it. I love what you said about living your best life to live your best life. I mean, sometimes you you need to have that little bit of a push. And even though something's going really good, you don't know how much better you can have it if you never take the step through that door. You never you never push off. You know, so good for you. That's that's awesome. So when you were when you were in Ashland though, and you said you dug, you know, you were there to dig a little deeper. What do you feel like it really was? Like, what was it that was the the depth that you had to dig to to figure out like here, here's my place. Here's what I was meant to learn. Like what process did you have to go through when you were there? Oh my gosh, I'm still digging Heath. Um, (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's a never ending process, but, and this actually came up more recently, but really it was about getting really honest 
with myself about what was important to me. And then also learning how to be okay with doing what I needed to to do for myself and not worry about the reactions of other people. Uh, Even my mom will say, you were a pleaser, even as a child, you know, a people pleaser. And I've really been looking into this lately and it's really not, it's not about the other person. It, I think that's an excuse that I know I've used, but not even consciously. I worry so much about what other people are going to think or feel. And I am not, you know, this is not uncommon. And it's like, I don't want to do something that would make somebody else uncomfortable but really who's the uncomfortable one? Mm-hmm. I am not comfortable making other people uncomfortable. And it's, if they're uncomfortable, it's not my business. Yeah. So it's, a lot of it was, yeah, a lot of it was that. And a lot of it also was defining myself without a partner. I'm a Libra uh, in many ways. I have five planets in Libra. And so I'm, oh, <laughs> I'm always looking for that, that other you know, that partnership, but I never really had a definition of myself, especially I got married when I was 21. So I didn't know who I was. And it was just a matter of being disciplined with my practice, which I really am. Uh, And when I say disciplined, I just mean having such a purpose or reason or why for what I'm doing, that is really a dedication. So dedicating my practice time to myself and my soul and understanding that it's not selfish. I'm actually dedicating it to that bigger aspect or that higher self or that God self or the source. And, mm. you know, with doing that practice, it, it just helped me, I don't know, tune in, I guess, even more and more. That's all I can really say. It's a, it's a practice of self-love and acceptance. What you said there, I mean, a, f- a couple of the things of, of, pleasing other people. Like, I think so many of us do that to a certain extent. We do that without even realizing, I think. And I think that's what holds us back. And I think that's what, I mean, I I can't think of many stories that I've heard from people that didn't have that aspect in it somewhere. And I just did an episode on the seven year cycles of life. Just did that one the other day. And, you know, I don't remember coming across any one of those stages that specifically focused on that people pleasing thing. But I wonder if that is part of that second stage that, that, or the third stage, because, you know, zero to 10 or zero to seven, you're learning about the world. And they say that these seven year cycles also coordinate with the chakras. So like the first one is your security, the root chakra, you move up and you go to the, the sacral, you're learning more about, you know, everything has to do with that stage. And then the next one is that, that, age 21 to 27, 28 ish. And it seems like that theme of people pleasing falls into that current stage. So it's, it's kind of interesting you say that because I had a similar experience. I know several other people who have had this conversation with, and they seem to fall into the people pleaser stage in that 21 to 28 area. So, and then some people never shed it either. I mean, I, I have to say up until age 35, 36, I was still worried about what other people were going to think and what, you know, who was I going to disappoint by doing things a certain way and who was going to judge me, especially doing something like this podcast. And it's funny because once I stepped out and finally did it and 
found out that some of the people I thought were going to judge me are actually listeners and stuff is, you know, like it's never as bad as you imprint your thoughts on it. You know, they're never going to judge you as hard as you think that they're going to judge you. But on that, did, did you have kind of an issue with parents as well? Like, did you have, when, when you kind of stepped out of a normal role and you were going to move across the country, did you get that or did you get support? You know, it's really interesting. I, have an amazing family. And I know I'm pretty rare in being able to say that my, my family isn't necessarily like me, but they're very tolerant and accepting. I know my dad kind of had, um, we were walking one day and he said about the divorce, you know, it's not conventional, but you're not conventional. (laughs) So I think he, you know, he had to kind of work through a little bit of that. But again, if I, you know, if I stay in a situation like that, where I'm just not happy, it's not really fair to the other person either. You know, people pleasing is being dishonest with other people. Mm -hmm. And we have to realize that sometimes, even though it will hurt them up front right away, you know, they'll be able to get through that. And then they'll be free from this dishonesty that we're laying on to them. So I don't know. I, I really like that. Um, people have that issue come up between those ages. That makes sense with the third chakra, which is personal power. Mm-hmm. So we're kind of grasping with or grappling with what what that means for us. And can we be in our power? I actually have a story to illustrate some of this people pleasing and it's it's little things. But my husband was supposed to go, well, had to go, he had to do this. <laughs> His company got bought out, I think, and the new managers wanted the employees and the managers to have lunch together. And my husband suggested this burger place. And he said, I could tell my, the manager didn't want to go. He was saying, yeah, the older company that owned it before this had rats or something. And they had, you know, he was trying to talk him out of it. But my husband really wanted to go to it. And it was just like, no, I want to go there. It's cool. And I'm like, wow, I never would have done that. I would have said, well, did you want to go somewhere else though? Is there some, is that where you want to go? Like, that's what I'm talking about, little things. But then there are the big things about, well, I'm not happy in this relationship at all, but I don't want to hurt that person's feelings. Things like that. It's like, well, okay, but eventually it's probably not going to work out if you're not happy or you're just going to not be happy all your whole life. So, I mean, again, it's, it's your life and it's your choice. I think, you know, whatever you do, I, I say you can't really get it right <laughs> because I'm such a perfectionist. So that helps me to not worry so much about being right all the time, but on the same page, you can't do it wrong either. Yeah. It's all, it's all meant to go the way that it's supposed to go. I think that's the biggest thing that we have to let go of. And it takes a lot. It takes a lot. I mean, mm-hmm. I, shared with you, you know, the things that have gone sort of that, that have gone wrong with this year. And it always seems to work out like this. I think that's what this year has been the purpose of is to show a lot of people like no matter what's happening, it's all going to put you in the right place at the right time. And it seems like your story up to that point was all about that. It seems like um, that was a major lesson that you had to learn and great for good for you. That's all I can, I mean, I can just, <laughs> It's, it's an awesome life to live. And it's, it's your story that, you know, it's, it's what the Finding Life series is all about because people can, could have gone, like you could have made a choice back 
years ago to stay in that role, to stay as the people pleaser, to never take the adventure out to Oregon. And who knows what that would have led to for you? I mean, likely it could have led to a lot of lack of fulfillment. And would if anyone have ever met the true Laura Christine, would we ever have crossed paths? Would if anybody who you've crossed paths with and made amazing connections with ever met the, the true version of you? Or would you have stayed the person who was just giving people the bad news that they were laid off but had to work overtime that day? You know, <laughs> like, would that have been your reality? You know, who knows? But um, those, those big leaps that we take, that's, that's what leads us to the greater and grander things. It is. And I just want to put it out there too. It wasn't easy uh, by any means oh, at never all. Is. Never on is. the air. It was a little easier going to Ashland, I think, because I was in my car and I had a bunch of stuff with me. And I don't know, I was younger and a little more naive and just like, here we go. On the way to Hawaii, where I didn't even have a home or a job lined up. Again, I didn't have any connections. I just knew that my heart was calling me here. And I thought, okay, I'll go to the big or I'll go to Oahu until the big island calls me. And it never did, <laughs> but I was sick. I know it's terrible to say this now. I wouldn't fly if I'm sick now, but I had this gross cold sore. So I'm coming to this whole new place. I don't know a single soul. And I had this huge gross cold sore on my <laughs> lip and I couldn't even, I lost my voice. I was so sick and it was just this, it was Fear. I'm not going to lie. I knew I was doing the right thing. Deep down, I knew I would be fine. But the rest of me was scared. <laughs> so it's not always easy. And I still, like I said, I'm still digging. I'm still working on the people pleasing thing. If just be honest, just say what you have to say. Don't worry. That other person as an adult, they can handle themselves. And if they can't, that's their issue, not mine, you know? So <laughs> just tell me you don't yeah. like the restaurant if you don't want to eat there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So I know that we wanted to dig into a bit about some of the other cool things that you get involved in. I don't know even what I would consider it, but I mean, just going into study Kundalini yoga is kind of like the beginning of the path, you know, quotes, the path. And you, you wake up to a little bit of a, of a higher potential in life, whether you're exploring religion or consciousness or anything. And I consider going into something like Kundalini Yoga, which if people aren't familiar with it, maybe you could just give them a little bit of a, a tidbit on what it is. But I mean, I feel like that's a, a huge step going down uh, exploration path of consciousness. Oh, yes. Uh, you can't avoid it with Kundalini Yoga. So Kundalini Yoga is a style of, of yoga, umbrella term yoga, though it doesn't have the same postures. It has different postures, different exercises, a lot of different breathing techniques, mudras, which are hand positions that direct the flow of energy and mantras. So chanting, which was really cool because that's actually what opened me up to using my voice and singing and everything. It's a practice that's very thorough and you really can't avoid opening up to different parts of yourself. It directly influences the glandular system or the endocrine system and the nervous system. And the nervous system and the glands, they're really our connection to the divine, that they're like our antennas. And so I don't know if that really explains Kundalini yoga. It's kind of a thing you have to experience to understand because it's so different than any other type of yoga out there. But yeah, yeah, that was, that really blew open the potentialities for me. Did you find that other 
other aspects of spirituality or, or, you know, wanting to explore consciousness that those come from that? Was I really like your first step down that sort of road? Actually, it wasn't. My first step down that road would have been the first yoga teacher training that I did. That was a Hatha training. And there I learned about energy and Oracle cards and things like that, that just blew me away. I was like, what is this? This is amazing. And then I learned Reiki as well. So do energy and I still do energy healing. I just absolutely love it. And then I actually went to a psychic medium, a friend of mine now. And I was just like, I think I need you. I don't know what, like I was, I was in so many questions, right. Where it just really helped me. And she mentioned one, you're a healer. Did you know you're a healer? You know, all these things that are just like, um, I mean, people come to me if they have problems, (laughs) you know, and then she also said yoga is really good, but Kundalini yoga would be really good for you to, to focus on. Okay. I have to go back again because the reason I knew what Kundalini yoga was at that point is when I was married and I was still in college, I took yoga and I loved it and I kept going. And then I asked for a yoga DVD for a gift and I got like beginner's yoga and I got Kundalini yoga with Gurmukh. So I put that DVD in one day and I did it. And when I was done with it, I said, well, that was weird, but I feel awesome. (laughs) And that's literally like, that is Kundalini yoga in a nutshell. You it is weird, but you feel awesome. Mm. <laughs> so yeah, the doors had opened pre like prior to Kundalini yoga, but then they just blasted open with that. So when was your first step into the podcasting world? How far, how long after that? How long after you got into the, uh, how it went to the Island? Oh, I love that. The first three years on the Island, I was actually kind of in a cave. I didn't do too much. I was really just focused on living and being me, but not trying to put myself out there so much. And then someone lit our house on fire. <laughs> so, I, I know my, I know I'm like, Oh gosh, I have so much I can say. And at that point though, when that happened, I had already started to play some music and yoga classes. And I'd started to bring myself out a little bit more again, because I knew that my soul was going to just needed a little break. So anyway, that happened. And then the job that I had was getting crazy. And honestly, the podcast happened as naturally as anything can happen. I just, I knew about podcasts. I'd listened to some, this was in, I think it was in 2018. I think it was really only a little over two years ago when I was doing my practice and I got up from my practice and I said, Okay, time to do the podcast. So that's really, it started that easily. I just basically woke up one day and knew it was time to start a podcast. And my vision was really to highlight people that are awesome. And I still do that. Like that's, that's why you were on my podcast, Heath. I was just like, okay, I don't really care how big people's audiences are. I just care about how bright they are and how, what message they have to share with the world. And I want everybody who's ever been on my podcast to be famous because I think they should be. (laughs) (laughs) Everybody deserves their time to shine. Well, and everyone deserves to be able to shine, you know, to not everybody shines. It's just, are we too afraid or are we hindered in some way? And 
how can we how can we allow ourselves to shine if that's what we want to do usually it's us that that prevents it from happening i've found mm-hmm. that so many times it's usually us that prevents it from happening it usually is yep and that's so, where <laughs> kundalini yoga comes that's in where you kundalini comes just- in I haven't done a whole lot with it. And I've, I've studied a lot about like the Kundalini energy kind of like along the lines of like learning about the chakras and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, I know that there is, you know, similar type of things where the energy goes through the, like the spine, like the Kundalini rising is supposedly like the, you know, the, the seat of the soul is in the spine. And that's what the Kundalini, Kundalini yoga is supposed to awaken, I guess, that energy sense and stuff. So it's something I'm, it's on my list of all the things to start diving down the different rabbit holes. Right now, I'm for some reason I keep getting dragged into the the conspiracy worlds. And as much as I try to back out of it because it's such a negative place, it's the thing that keeps on getting my attention. But I'm slowly just realizing I've got to stay away from those things and focus on the things that actually feel good to look into. And that's one of the ones that's on my list of things I need to explore. 2020's gotten in the way of a lot of that kind of stuff, though. I feel like for a lot of people. 2020 has gotten in the way of a lot of stuff, but on the, you know, flip side, it's also showed us what's getting in the way for us and what's really important. And I was going to say, well, I can hook you up. I have a lot of Kundalini yoga stuff (laughs) for you. And also Kundalini yoga gives you, you, and I mean you with like the capital Y that is just you pure and simple honest, authentic you. So then if you are faced with something like the conspiracies, you're you so much that you're really in tune with what is right for you about it. Or if you even want to put any energy into it, that's my experience anyway, because I've also been pulled a little bit and I realized like, okay, this is not, this is not helpful right now. I do not feel light and free with this. I'm going to tune back into myself and really work on what is my purpose here is my purpose to dive into those conspiracies and see what I can dig out of them and see what I can feel is real with them. Or is my purpose to, again, just help people feel safe and valid when they're looking at themselves because it's, it can be scary. I'm not going to lie. It's, we hide a lot of things in our shadows. And when we start to go into our shadows. I actually liken it to cleaning out your closet, like your subconscious mind. If you think of it as a closet, well, when you're going to clean out your closet, it seems fine, but then you start going in there and start taking stuff out and looking at everything. (laughs) It gets really messy. It gets worse, right? But once you decide what you're going to keep and then, you know, stack back in, in a nice way, it's so much better than it was before. That if you can just get through that initial part of taking everything out and looking at everything, I can't explain how much better it is. (laughs) And that's, you know, with the subconscious, it's like, yeah, right away, it can be a little scary. You want, you know, you have a coach or have a friend, somebody that, or even a therapist, you know, somebody that you can talk to through some of the things that you might come up against. Maybe, maybe not, but maybe. And it's so much better on the other side. It's just, again, it's light and free. It's boundless. That's why I call it being boundless. And that's why I call my podcast, the boundless soul now. I love that analogy though of, of the closet because you're taking, you're unpacking and it's kind of scary what you're going to find, but yeah. And you can get so sidetracked, right? Like you pull out old photos and you're just, Oh yeah, look at all of this. Oh yeah. Look at all of this. And you can get stuck there. Mm -hmm. So 
that's why the dedication or the, what I call discipline, but really the dedication to whatever your practice is, because the practice that you're doing is clearing out your subconscious. That's really what the purpose is. And Kundalini Yoga does it fast, (laughs) but the dedication to it and continuing even through those bumpy roads. I mean, I remember sitting and doing my chanting and just crying the whole time, but realizing like, yeah, but this is clearing out. This is a good thing actually, Hmm. you know, and it did. (laughs) So why don't we dive into a little bit more about some of these, see sort of metaphysical type things that we have discussed a little bit off the air before, but, um, you had mentioned in one of our conversations about the 11 aspects of consciousness that correspond to numerology. You want to dive into that a little bit? I so would love to dive into this. And I learned this. Yeah. I learned this through Kundalini yoga as well. And I use this to really help people, you know, get familiar with themselves. It's so important to know yourself and it's so hard to know yourself when you're not taught how, and we're not. (laughs) So nobody in school, at least for me, taught me how to know myself. So, there are, first of all, consciousness is consciousness. You know, it just is a whole. But if you look at it as a, as a human, it's nice to break things up into smaller bites, right? So you can look at it as 11 different aspects. And I can go through them. And those 11 different aspects correspond to the numbers 1 through 11. And so your birthday shows you five different aspects or areas that either your soul, like your inner world, your soul really is expressing in this way, sees the world in this way. And if you're not connected to that or you're, you're not conscious of that, it can be really hard to feel like you're on your, it can be hard to feel like you can get your soul's guidance, right? Because you're like me, I, I didn't know. So I was just like doing what the head said to do. Um, and then there's the outer world. And the outer world is your environment. So this is where your karma is. So a lot of those patterns that keep repeating in your life <laughs> have to do with this. But when you're conscious of the number and therefore the aspect of your consciousness that's really involved here, you can actually shift it and make changes, which is what I love about the system. It's really actionable. It's not just information. You can act on it and change it. Then you have your gift. And the gift number is something that you're just naturally good at you're born with it i'd love to know what yours is so i can't wait to find out and then you have your past mastery that's this knowledge or experience that you've gained through many lifetimes that you just have here it is (laughs) and then you have your path number it's also called the life lesson number in some systems of numerology and that's when you add your full birthday up that's the one that most people are most familiar with And that's, you know, that's something to just keep you on your path and help you feel fulfilled in this lifetime. Because if you're not feeling fulfilled, it's not fun. I've been there. Sometimes I still go there. (laughs) It's just not fun. I feel like I go there five days a week sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) I know, right? Is it Monday through Friday and then Saturday, Sunday, you're all right? (laughs) It is. It is. Yeah, there you go. So a lot of people can relate with that though. So I can go through the aspects of consciousness because everybody has all 11 aspects. And then for some people, some are just going to play a more significant role in their different parts of their lives, which is where the numerology comes in. Mm -hmm. Um, So the soul number, so your, sorry, your soul body or first aspect, that's just 
that's the soul. That's the part of you that came into this body to experience life on planet earth as a human being this lifetime. The second aspect is going to be your protective mind. So there are three aspects of the mind. The first is protective mind. Why? Well, because we have to know if something's going to hurt us. So it's the first filter of information. And what happens is we can get stuck in the protective mind. In fact, this society kind of is set up for us to get stuck in the protective mind. And it's where we let fear decide. We go with our head. We don't listen to our heart. It's just like, no, no, no. We're, uh, it's that fight or flight. Like your nervous system is constantly on alert. And it's an important aspect though, because when that's strong and balanced, you're really good at organizing. You are able to set boundaries and maintain those boundaries. I'm so big on boundaries. So it's a really important aspect to have balanced. The third aspect is the expansive mind. So this is going to contrast whatever the protective mind says. This is why it's important to have these aspects balanced because if our expansive mind is super duper, like, I don't want to say strong, but if it's, if it overrides the protective mind all the time, <laughs> we're not going to have any boundaries, right? We're, I mean, we're just going to think that everything is going to work out and we're not going to protect ourselves. So that's why it's good to have it balanced. The fourth aspect is your neutral mind. Now, the neutral mind, I like to think of it as the scales where the scale is balancing the input from the protective and the expansive mind. And it's that center point of stillness where you can actually hear and know what's true for your own soul. The protective mind and the expansive mind are your mind. The neutral mind is your connection to the soul's voice. Again, we need them all, <laughs> but <laughs> having a strong neutral mind and how you do that, you meditate. Uh -huh. That's like the best way. And I know you're a big fan of meditating. So huge. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Then the fifth aspect is our physical body. We have a physical body, of course. So that's where all the other aspects get to play out their parts. It's about balance. It's about sacrifice, making sacred. It's about teaching and speaking. Sixth, then, then it starts getting fun. <laughs> so the sixth aspect is our arc line. And this is, if you've, if you've seen like a, a, the angels or even like Jesus, maybe Buddha, I'm not sure, um, have like a halo from temple to temple. That's the arc line. And this is that aspect of us that when that's clear, then our signal that we're projecting out is clear. We can't manifest if our signal's foggy or cloudy or unclear. So it's really important to have a clear arc line. We got to <laughs> clear the subconscious. Otherwise, those loops are going to just go out in those signals that we're trying to send out when we manifest. So it's a Big one for manifestation. Then we have our seventh aspect, which is the aura. And the aura, of course, is our electromagnetic field. That can get clouded up. That can get crowded. <laughs> A lot of times people get overwhelmed in crowds. There's just too much energy and their aura kind of just soaks it up. Um, whereas if your aura is stronger, then you're going to be so confident within yourself because you're so contained in who you are that you'll just be uplifting People will be uplifted around you. You'll uplift yourself. Sometimes I need to strengthen my aura <laughs> because I need some uplifting myself. <laughs> and then the eighth aspect is the pranic body. So that's the part of you that's 
always connected to the eternal life force energy. It's your vitality. It's your ability to plan and execute and really follow through on everything that you've set out for your, you know, reaching your goals. It's kind of a take charge aspect of you. So a lot of eights are leaders. Uh, Then your ninth aspect is your subtle body. And I love this because this is the part of you that basically embraces your soul up and takes it with it to the next lifetime or the next phase of existence, whatever that's going to be. And the subtle body is connected to the Akashic record. So if you're not familiar with that, this is getting kind of out there. I think, you know, for some people it's, it's believed or known depending on who you are, that everything that's happened, you know, everything is energy, right? Everything is vibration. So all of those different vibrations are recorded and they're basically stored in this hall of records, which is the Akashic records. And since the subtle body has been around since the beginning of the soul, it knows everything. So if you think of that, like, wow, there's a part of me that knows like literally everything that's ever happened. So it knows that everything is going to be fine. So an aspect of this is your calm. If you have a really strong, subtle body, you're just, you have this calmness about you and this knowing. So if you see a tiny piece, if somebody gives you a tiny piece, I love this for politics for you. (laughs) If you're given just a little bit, you can see the whole picture. Or if you're given something, you can read what it actually is. So you can, you can tell if somebody's, you know, being a little bit, a dishonest <laughs> or it doesn't happen in politics. <laughs> no, wait. I mean, but you know, the people in the crowd. <laughs> yeah. whatever. So, so that's that 10 is kind of my favorite. Cause I have two of them in my, my soul map, my numerology. Um, it's the radiant body. So the radiant body is the shield of light that protects you from all outer negativity and it dissolves the inner negativity. You are like a go-getter. You're just like going to give 110% to what you give to, but you're also going to say no to what you don't want to do. So it's this, like, it's like this warrior spirit, this, but a light warrior, you know, like, yes, like a lot of just confidence and it's a leadership. It's a leadership number or aspect, but it's not necessarily the take charge kind, like the pranic body. The leadership of the 10 is more, we can also lead from behind. And like, again, how, (laughs) I mean, how I love to spotlight other people on my podcast or really anywhere. I just love people to feel how amazing they are. And I love to share how amazing they are if they want to be shared. And that's kind of the 10. I My gift is 10. So that's where I get that. My, my outer world is also 10. So I do have, <laughs> that's where I'm like people pleaser and I won't shine all the way because I don't want to, you know, cause any conflict. So that's how you can start to work with these. And then the 11th aspect is your command center. So it's not as much an aspect as a center point or like a a command point really where you can really be flexible and call up any of the aspects that you're needing right now at this given moment. It's spiritual excellence, you know, everything's working well and at its optimum and yeah, you're connected. You're, you're connected to the universal consciousness and you're surrendered to that when your command center is functioning optimally and everything else is. That's awesome. So 
with all these things, there's there's a numerology that corresponds to them given the, the person. So how do you figure that yeah. out? Yeah. So we need birthdays and I don't need you to like tell me your birthday on the air if you don't want to do that, but I can give you as many of the five numbers really as you want. And, and we have time for, um, yeah, we'll not, it was two days we'll, ago. We'll before. not say it, we'll not say it <laughs> no, on no. here, but yeah. Oh no, <laughs> nobody needs to know Heath's actual birthday, but your soul number, I love this, is two. So again, it's that protective mind, but I don't want you to worry <laughs> because I bet for you like order and organization and detail are really important. Oh yeah. And have you struggled with that in your life or have you struggled with letting fear kind of take over your actions, your decisions? I've, I've often let it do that. And I've often even let the fear of the uncertainty of this year dictate some of the things as as enlightened as I like to think of myself, like as, as, as evolved from a previous state, as I like to think of myself, I still recognize, you know, certain days will go by and I'll have to step back and look at the decisions I made. And it's like, wow, that wasn't in my, my highest self. And I found this year, a lot of things are governing what I do and or what I say are the decisions I make based on the fear and uncertainty of what's going on in the world. Yeah. And after this, because I, I think this might get too specific for you, but after we stop recording, can we, you know, remind me to talk to you about your soul number again, because of just something that I noticed with it. So yeah, just let me know. And then your subtle body would be the one that's in your outer experience. This is just hilarious how I was talking about the subtle body and politics is really good and how you're mastering it. So this outer world number is what you're here to master through your karma. So, you know, I, it's just perfect. Like to be in an area that you really do have to read between the lines and look beneath the surface to know what's true and what's not. And, oh my gosh, I just love that, that you're really, I mean, you're doing it <laughs> to, to really master that. A lot of people with this number in their, in their outer world placement there will have like gullibility issues, maybe a little naive. Oh, you're, you're nodding. He's nodding everybody. He's like, <laughs> oh yeah, okay. Yep, okay. Yep, yep. <laughs> <laughs> so again, once we start working you know, or walking on our spiritual path and really looking into our consciousness and exploring ourselves more, the soul or, you know, that first number and the second number, the inner and outer world, they'll get a little stronger because we're consciously putting, you know, awareness to them with Kundalini yoga and other things as well. I use Kundalini yoga because it works so well for me, but you can really, really strengthen them and you can do it really deliberately and, and, and quickly because we have exercises for every aspect and, and more. So it's really cool. But let's move on to your gift. <laughs> your gift is the pranic body. So again, the executor, you know, you're going to plan and execute and you're going to have goals and you're going to take charge and you're like, I'm not stopping till this is done. And you're a leader. See, I knew I was going to love, (laughs) no, I knew I was going to love your, your, I wanted to know your gift number. I thought maybe it could be a five, but 
no, eight makes even more sense to me. So like I said, before this interview started, I think to all the listeners, I said, well, the numbers don't lie. So I just love numerology because I've never had somebody say to me, no, <laughs> it's always been like, oh yeah. And I don't know, like, I don't know you. I didn't know if you had gullibility issues ever, you know, <laughs> it's just, just the numbers tell me. That's crazy. Um, so then I think, oh yeah. Oh Yeah. So your past mastery, this is something you brought through. This is perfect. Well, it's all perfect. Is a nine as well. So that's your subtle body. So you've brought that with you and you're continuing to master it even more in this lifetime through those outer experiences, through those politics. I'm sure you're very good at politics. <laughs> which is, which is weird because up until like two or three years ago, I said, I will, I despise politics. I'll never get into it. And yeah. then on a whim it started. And now because of the turmoil of this year, I have like completely like dialed in and focused on the fact that I have to do something because it's such a wreck out there. So now I'm in this new path and it's something I wouldn't have never, ever chose, but from, you know, the stuff that you're telling me right now, it's like, yeah, this was, this was there all along, no matter what you did, this is where you were going. Yeah. I think your soul was like, yep, you're doing it now. Let's do it. Let's go. (laughs) Kind of like mine when it was like, okay, Hawaii. I'm like, oh, well, okay, I'll go to Hawaii. <laughs> you know, I'm not complaining. <laughs> I would so rather, I, I'll trade you. I'd rather go to Hawaii. <laughs> um, honestly, I wouldn't. I, no. Because, and no, I don't want to say I would never do politics because I don't want to be in your position where I <laughs> have to jump into it. <laughs> but wow, I mean, that takes, a, that takes a spirit. Hey, Massachusetts is nice too. I've been there. It's not Hawaii. <laughs> it's not Hawaii. It's totally not. We were in there in June once and it was really cold and it wasn't great. So one second. <laughs> Sorry. I, I just have to, uh, I, I laugh because, so your path is 11. Okay. So 11, I mentioned was a command center, spiritual excellence, all of this stuff. But when you look at the number 11, it's two ones. So the one individual merged with the one that is all. So really your path in life is to take take yourself and thereby other people into that that blending or that merging of consciousness to really recognize that even all of the individuals are really the all. Wow. And to see that and to right it's just like ah you're so on your path. It's, like, it's like the point of everything I talk about all the time is, I know. Uh, is exactly that. That's crazy. <laughs> I know. And, and the thing of the thing with numerology is it's super duper validating. Like we just did for you. Basically we said, yep, you are right on it. And it's also super duper clarifying for people who are not feeling like, I don't know what I want to do. You know how I was when I went to that psychic, I could have also gone to numerology, you know, I could have done numerology. I just didn't know it yet at the time because it really shows you, well, one, it, it still validates you because it shows you kind of like, okay, these are, this is what you came in with. Oh yeah, totally. And now here's how we can work with it. So you do feel fulfilled. So you do feel like you're connecting to your soul. Mm-hmm. So you do feel, you know, like you're helping people and really that's what it's all about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just, you know, lifting others up, no matter what way your numbers reveal is going to help you feel most fulfilled, you're still going to be helping others in some way. I mean, we're all connected. 
one is all, you know, it's just, that's how it is. So awesome. So awesome. I've never dove into these kinds of things. I mean, I'm, I'm slowly coming into this world of all these different possibilities. And, you know, just like I tell everybody who's, who's new to this stuff, which is the point of this podcast, I think is to aim itself towards people who are sort of just starting out looking into some of these things, or maybe who never considered some of the concepts before bringing every possibility to their life to realize the, the potentials of life. And when you look at these kinds of things, you know, people will look at them and sort of maybe thumb down their nose or just say, ah, it's all, you know, it's, it's all mumbo jumbo and all that kind of stuff. It's like when, when you have some of these things, I've had other similar things like that present themselves toward this is sort of a path and this is the way things usually go. And, and this is you and people who knew nothing about me to just come out and say anything. So I mean, with you, it's like, yes, you kind of knew a little bit of my story, but even if you came out with some of these things and was able to just say, these are the things that are coming through. These are the strong points. I would have been sitting there just kind of nodding my head, just like, Oh wow, this is getting kind of creepy. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. Right. <laughs> it's cool stuff, but it's awesome. Yeah. Very cool. So is that the is that the extent of it? So so basically, what it does is it, it picks several of these eleven things and it emphasizes what the strong points are on them. Is that? Yeah, it's not the extent of it as far as our reading would go. I just gave I just basically gave you your numbers on a little tiny piece mm-hmm. of what they all mean. But what the numerology does is basically show you the the five most significant aspects that your soul came here to work with and work on. So we all have all 11 aspects. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. <laughs> you know, I have, I have the command center. I have the pranic body. They're not in my numerology. They're not in my soul map, which I, which I call the numerology. But that doesn't mean that I can't strengthen those aspects. It's just that the numerology will help you get your footing back on your path if you feel like you've lost it or if you just are curious about am I doing the right thing? Like, is this right for me? And I like to say there is no right answer, but <laughs> it can really help because it just feels good to know, you know, have something to look at, have something tangible. You know, the spiritual realm is full of intangibles. And I love that, but having something tangible for the mind and the even the ego to grasp is so nice mm. <laughs> because then we can stop overthinking, right? And yeah, a, a reading would actually until where I would go in and actually create your map for you right down. I tune in. I'm intuitive as well. So I basically tune in and kind of give whatever message that aspect is wanting to hear or you're wanting to hear for that aspect. And then I also offer different things you can do to strengthen each of the aspects. But then we meet and we have a 90 minute session actually just to go over everything, clarify everything. Like I said, I'm also an intuitive healer, coach, guide like that. So, you know, I listen to where you're at and then we come up with a, you know, a practice that you can do something that is going to fit into your lifestyle. It doesn't necessarily have to be from Kundalini yoga, but there's so many choices, Mm -hmm. choices from Kundalini yoga that usually that's where we go. But really, it's all about you. What's going to fit for you? What are you wanting to work on the most right now? What's going to help you feel best? And so we go from there. I also actually have an option now. It's pretty new, but I created a course where you can actually go in and do all of your own calculations and learn a little bit about what, what each of them mean. And so that's out there too. It's you know a little less expensive, of course, because you don't have, you just do it yourself. 
Awesome. Well, why don't we talk about some of the ways people can actually reach out to you and find you on social media and all the other places that you're available. And you can talk about some of the things that you might be able to offer some of the listeners, because I've got to admit, I'm, I'm kind of, uh, my interest has been piqued to hear the rest of what some of this stuff might say about me. So I'm sure maybe some people <laughs> might also be uh, wondering where they might be able to touch base with you. Yeah, definitely. So on Instagram, it's being.boundless. My website is beingboundless.teachable.com. I am in the process of getting beingboundless.com so I can get teachable out of the way, but I don't have that URL yet. So for now, hey, it works. I like teachable. It's a great resource. Or it's a great um, platform for what I offer. So beingboundless.teachable.com. If you if, if you follow that with slash P slash free, <laughs> so P, the, the letter P like for page, then you'll end up at a page that has a couple of free things that I give away. One is a basics course, and that's really about boundaries and values and how they play a role in your boundlessness. And it kind of leads you into the numerology, that basics course, because the numerology can help you define your values so well. And if you don't know your values, you can't set boundaries because you don't know what you're protecting with them. And if you don't have boundaries, you're going to leak your energy all over the place. And, you know, it goes on like that. And then I also have a, I call it the boundless self-love practice tracker. So if you are, you know, doing a practice already, or you want to start one, you can download that. It's free, but it gives you a place to take notes. And it also teaches you a couple of rituals you can do on the new and full moon for setting intentions and stuff. So it's kind of like a tracker deluxe. And that is at that beingboundless.com or sorry, .teachable.com slash P slash free. <laughs> and then you can see all the courses from there as well. So you can hook yourself into the, your soul map, or you can I don't know if that cooks to get a reading from me or not, but if you just go to the main website, you can. Awesome. And we'll put all that information in the show notes as well. So people can dig through that and find which way they want to reach out to you. And yeah, I, I feel like that was kind of a lot. If you just go to Instagram and I'll connect you with what you want to. Yeah. So. And we'll, we'll put all that in this. We'll put all the links in the show notes. We'll make sure we've got the accurate things on there so people can click through and find them. All right, Laura, it's been an awesome, awesome conversation um, and definitely looking forward to seeing what else is going to come out of the, the podcast that you're doing. I'm glad you've, you've gotten back on track with it. I really enjoyed listening to it before and really glad we've been able to have the past couple of conversations that we've had. Me too. This has been such a joy. Thank you so much, Heath. And if you have a journey that you would like to discuss on the show to inspire others or jump on a discussion about spirituality, consciousness, creating your reality or all the above, let's connect for an episode. You can write to me at connect at livethislife.org. That's C-O-N-N-E-C-T at livethislife.org. You can also schedule a time for a concept call with me by going to the Calendly for the podcast. You can find it at calendly.com forward slash live this life. Until next time, keep finding life wherever you go and keep living.